Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. truth will set you free. Do you know who said that? We hear that phrase and we think it's like this cool cultural quote from somebody. Here's the actual full quote. Jesus said, if you hold to my teachings, then you will know the truth. And, say it with me, the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free, but it's connected to the teachings of Jesus, to embracing his life, his love, his perspective, his resurrection. And yet we live in a world of spiritual relativism. You get to have your own truth today. If it's true for you, then I guess it's kind of true. Or what I think is kind of right and wrong is kind of right and wrong for me. And, and, and we live in a world really of confusion today. Here's my question. As we are in this series called Explore God with hundreds of churches up in the Bay Area, San Francisco, Berkeley, Oakland, Bay Area, uh, hundreds of churches are doing this series, and we're, we're joining them. It's called Explore God. And here's the question today. What's your biggest problem with Christianity? What is your biggest problem? What troubles you the most about Christianity before I answered that question. I'm going to ask another question. What's the end game? What's the desired outcome of being a person of faith? Why is it that we want people to cross the line to, to, from unbelief to belief, from not trusting God to trusting God, from being far away from God to being closer and more closely connect. What's the end game? What's the desire? Is it so we can become more judgy? I'm right and you're wrong. And I feel great about that. Is that the end game? Is that why we're here? Tell us the truth so the truth will set me free. So I can judge everybody. And I can be spiritually arrogant. It's so awesome. Is that, is that what this is about? And yet, for most people, the answer to that question, what is your biggest problem with Christianity? Well, some would say Christians. <laughs> but here's the one that, that, that comes up the most often, whether you're a follower of Christ, a Christian, or not. It's this, we all kind of wrestle at some level with the narrowness. 
the exclusivity of Jesus. There's only one way, one road to knowing God, the Father. It's, it's, it's too narrow. How could there be just one true faith? It's arrogant to say that Jesus is the right way and everyone else is wrong. All religions are equally good and valid. Rabbi Shmuley Botif, he summed it up this way. He said, I'm absolutely against any religion that says that one faith is superior to another. I don't see how that is anything different than spiritual racism. It's a way of saying that we are closer to God than you, and that's what leads to hatred. And we hear a comment like that, and it resonates with us. It's like, are Christians, are we fueling a world of hatred? Are we spiritual bigots? Are we guilty of spiritual racism? And I guess the answer would be yes if, if, Jesus were just another religion lumped in with everyone else. This isn't my idea. I didn't come up with what's in the Bible. I'm teaching the truth of what is in the Bible. And Jesus made claims about himself that, that make him exclusive, that make him different than every other world religion or philosophy. And that's what makes it worth investigating that it's worth looking at the evidence for yourself, not just listening to me or listening to other people. Look at the life of Jesus for yourself. Look at his claims. Look at the way he lived. Did he really die or is that just kind of uh, an illusion? Did he really rise from the dead? Did he conquer death? In fact, the Bible itself says that if Jesus did not conquer death, if he didn't rise from the grave, then we are all wasting our time. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, our faith is useless, but you owe it to yourself, and I owe it to myself to do the digging, to do the intellectual work of researching and reading the Gospels and seeking God. Jesus said, if you seek me, you will find me. But we are in this world of relativism. Every belief is valid, equally valid. And so I want to, I'm going to push a little bit this morning. We got any Giants fans in the house? Dr. Lisey, we got a few. Did you guys, did you know we actually, we made the playoffs. T today, today's the last day of the baseball season. We're in. The Do you know, I know that, I know the newspapers say the Dodgers are in first place, but they're not, we are. We are. We are. Don't, don't listen to that other stuff, bro. 
our team's the best. And see, this is the world we live in. No, we have, we have to surrender and say, actually, the truth of the matter is, giant fans, we didn't make the playoffs. That's the truth. We didn't make the playoffs. We got to own that because it's real and it's true. And did you know, by the way, that the earth is orbiting the sun? Now, some of you, from your perspective, you want to negotiate that. Because it seems that the sun is orbiting around the earth from your perspective. But the truth is, if you do the research, if, if you want to know the truth and the truth will set you free, the earth is orbiting the sun. And this is part of where I want to encourage you, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, to pursue truth. Not your truth, not my truth, the truth. There is truth out there, although I know it's being challenged today, that it's become way more subjective. And I, I just want to push back on that. I think we need to push back on that. Because there is truth. And the Bible is clear. Not John Ireland's point of view. The Bible is clear that there is a way. There is one way to be reconciled to God, to experience peace with our Creator. And it's through a person named Jesus Christ. That's what the Bible teaches. That's what Jesus said about himself. He said in John 14, verse 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. And no one comes to the Father, the Father God, except through me. Now just keep that up there on the screen. I want you just to, I just want you to just sit in that truth. Or is it? Is he a liar? That's what you got to ask yourself. Was Jesus lying? to his followers and to the crowds that he was teaching? Was he, was he deceitful? Was he intentionally trying to deceive his followers? Was he just arrogant? Was he delusional? Well, he, 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 he man, that dude was smoking crack. That's what he was doing. You have to decide for yourself. You have to look at the evidence. There is a narrowness, an exclusivity, and Jesus proclaims it about himself. He says, I'm the way. I'm not going to show you the way. I'm not going to, I'm the way, and, and I'm the truth. And by the way, if you have a relationship with him, as the, the truth will set you free. Free to not live for yourself, but free to live beyond yourself, not free to just be kind of self-absorbed, but free to live a life of sacrificial love. That's what the freedom that Jesus brings is. It's freedom from a life of sin, but then freedom to a life of human flourishing where we grow and serve and sacrifice and love our neighbor. The end game is love. Not self-absorption, not being arrogant and right. The end game is sacrificial love. That's what we're signing up for here when we say we're going to follow Jesus. It's not, oh man, I'm saved, now it's all about me. No, it's actually for the sake of others. 
There's another scripture that kind of pushes us. First Timothy chapter 2, verse 5, the apostle Paul wrote, There is one God, and there's one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ Jesus. Now, is that true or not? He didn't say there, there are many gods. There's, there's one. Not there's, there's so many mediators. There's so many roads. There's so many ways to God. There, there's only one mediator, Paul's saying, between. Now, that's either true or it's not. It can't kind, it's kind of true. There's no room for that. And in our culture and in our world today, we're, we're more about tolerance than truth. We don't want you to have any spiritual trauma today, so whatever you believe is cool for you, and whatever I believe is cool, let's just not hurt each other. That's the world we live in. And so what do we do with the scriptures? What do we do with the claims of Jesus that make us a little uncomfortable? It creates a little bit of an awkwardness. You feel it in the room right now? I'm going to go on. Acts chapter 4, Peter said this about Jesus. There is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul said there's one body, one spirit, just as you've been called to one glorious hope for the future. There's one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. And then Matthew chapter 7, Jesus said, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Many enter through it, but small is the gate, narrow the road that leads to life. And only a few find it. And that rubs us wrong. Some of us. It rubs us. That exclusivity, it just feels narrow. It feels arrogant. It feels snobby. It feels what's wrong with our world. And so we have to, we're in this tension. But the truth will set you free. And so you got to decide, do, do, do I want to know the truth? Do, do I actually want to go on, on an adventure, on a journey of discovering, is Jesus the truth? Is he the way to God? Is his, do his ways work? Start walking in his ways, even if you don't have faith. Start doing the things that he told us to do. Start living the way he told us to live and see if you don't get set free. Some of you don't know the name Tim Keller. I want to introduce you to that name. You, you, I think you should read every book he's read. He's just a really a amazing, insightful author, Presbyterian pastor in New York City. He passed away uh, a little over a year ago. Here's some quotes and questions that I want us, and, and I'm going to, we're going to throw them one at a time up on the screen. I'm going to, I want to just maybe have you read it and reread it and soak in it. So let's look at the first one. To stay away from Christianity 
because part of the Bible's teaching is offensive to you, assumes that if there is a God, he wouldn't have any views that upset you. Does that belief make any sense? Just read that again for yourself and answer that question for yourself. Let's go to the next slide. read that. Tim Keller says, how could you possibly know that no religion can see the whole truth unless you yourself have the superior comprehensive knowledge of spiritual reality that you actually claim none of the religions can have. You can't say all claims about religion are historically conditioned except the one that I'm making right now. If you insist that no one can determine which beliefs are right and wrong, why should we believe what you are saying? See, what this does, I hope, is open us up to the possibility that whatever belief we're holding, we could be wrong. I have, to, I have to hold to the possibility that I could be wrong about what I'm teaching right now. But I'm basing it on the evidence of the life and teachings of Jesus and the reliability of the scriptures, God's word, that I believe are the authority and the truth based on the evidence of my own research and my own experience and my own living life in community. And that's what we're inviting you into. Do the work yourself. Let's go to the next slide. It is no more narrow to claim that one religion is right than to claim that one way to think about all religions, namely that all are equal, is right. We are all exclusive in our beliefs about religion, just in different ways. Now just sit in that. Reread that. Soak in that and own your own attitude, your own perspective, your own judgment about others. Okay, you can take that slide down. <clears throat> Christianity is exclusive and it's radically inclusive. It is exclusive. Jesus is saying, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And it's radically inclusive. It's open to everyone and anyone. All are included. All are invited. God, through Jesus, he doesn't force himself onto you. But there's an open invitation. 
to discover his grace, his unfailing love, his forgiveness. It's open to everyone, John 3, 16. Maybe the most famous verse in the Bible, for God so loved the world, that includes you and me, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that, what's the word? Whoever. Who does that include? Whoever. <laughs> All of us. That whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not be separated from God. That word perish, that's what it just means to be separated from God because of our selfishness and our sin. But when we trust Christ, the Bible says, we experience forgiveness and eternal life, which is a life of flourishing, not just heaven. We always think about, well, that meant heaven. This is just getting hell insurance. No, no, no. Jesus is about human flourishing here right now, right here. When you walk out of this place, walking in his ways, he wants you to have life abundantly. So where does that leave us? I have a C.S. Lewis quote I want you to wrestle with. Now just read that. Just soak in that. Christianity, if false, is of no importance. And, if true, is of infinite importance. The only thing it cannot be is moderately important. I'm going to share my pastor's heart with you right now. What makes me sad is Christianity is, has become moderately important to Christians, to a lot of Christians. Just kind of moderately. Yeah. Not infinitely. Not none, but just kind of in that middle. And I think C.S. Lewis, when he's writing this, is actually writing to the person who doesn't have faith to say, it's not, not important. You got to make a decision. It's not, it's not important if it's not true, but if it is true, it's going to change your life. It's going to change your marriage. It's going to change your parenting. It's going to change the way you view money. It's going to change the way you live in bitterness or you live in forgiveness. The truth will set you free. Do you want a life of freedom or not? You can't kind of be moderately free from a truth that's kind of moderately true. It's either true, he's either true or he's not. And I think that's where every one of us in this room has to decide for ourselves. Is Jesus the way, the truth, and the life? And if he is, again, let me go back to where we started, the end game isn't I'm right and you're wrong. I'm better than you. So I can be judgy towards you. No, the end game is compassion. The end game is 
mercy. The end game is love. The end game is generosity of spirit. The end game is curiosity of your story. The end game is a life of loving, loving God and loving your neighbor. That's the end game, love. Are you, just, can you just do this if you're with me, if you're hearing me this morning? <laughs> yeah, that's the end game. And that brings us to this table. This is why Jesus died. This is why we celebrate the bread and the cup. The end game is Jesus. It's just what Josh, Josh Hayes said when he was up here. Thank you, Josh. You want to become like God? He is the giver of life. He gave his life so that you and I could live and give our lives to those around us. Goes back to the end game, the desired outcome. Why did he die? So that you could go to church? Is that why he died? I died so I can get people to come to church. No! I mean, we love having you here. Don't get me wrong, but that's not why Jesus died. The truth will set you free when you discover it. He died so that you might live and that you might be set free to live a life of love and generosity and sacrifice and intimacy, connectedness. That's it. It's why we celebrate. This isn't a somber table. It's a celebrative table. It's a table of freedom. The truth will set you free. And so you're invited to come to this table to rip off a piece of the bread that Jesus, on the night in which he was betrayed with his closest followers, he broke bread. And he said, this is my body. He held it up. This is my body. It's broken for you. Take it and eat it in remembrance of me. And then after supper, he took the cup he had a cup of wine. We have grape juice here. But he held up the cup and he said, this is my blood. It's shed for you for the forgiveness of sin. Take it and drink it in remembrance of me. What we do here is we rip off a piece of bread, we dip it in the cup, and then we eat it. And we celebrate the truth that we've been set free from sin and selfishness and set free for a life of love, loving God, loving each other, and loving our world out there. And so if it's the desire of your heart to be set free, to live a life of love by experiencing the life giver Jesus, knowing the truth, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, you're invited to come. And celebrate. And you might want to kneel. And maybe you're, you're at a place where you're, you, you've been rebellious and willful this week. And you're like, this, this can also be a, a table of confession. Like, oh, I feel far from God. Don't say, I feel far from God, man. I was living selfishly this weekend, so I'm not going to come. No, no, no. That's why you come. That's why you come. And you, and, and you receive forgiveness today. And you kneel or you stand, or we have prayer team in the corner, and you say, could you, just, could you just proclaim a prayer of 
forgiveness over me or a prayer of blessing over me. I don't want to do this thing moderately. I don't want to play a game called religion. I want to wholeheartedly follow Jesus. I want to receive his forgiveness, the truth of his forgiveness, and I want to be set free when I walk out of here to live a life of love. If that's you, you're invited to come. Let's stand together. Let me pray for us. Invite the prayer team to come in the corners as well. Jesus, Jesus, these words are clarifying. They're hard. They make some of us uncomfortable. Sometimes I wish you would have said, there are many ways, but you didn't. You said, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. And I just thank you that you have taken the mystery out of us all wondering, I want to know God. How do I do it? Thank you that, that you have made known this mystery. Thank you that you have shined a light in our hearts so that we can see that you are the way, the truth, and the life. And I pray that we would know the truth and that the truth would set us free. Thank you for forgiveness of sin. Thank you for filling us with your Holy Spirit to help us live a life of love. And I just thank you for the truth of this message that I I believe you and I trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.